This is Gaya Winter, co-founder of the Greek Speak podcast and Greek Happy, a website where you will find all things Greek, some of which you won't find anywhere else on the web. Welcome to our podcast. Sit back, relax, and let's have a chat. Today, my co-founder, Marianne Miller, and I will be chatting with our Alpha Chi Omega pledge sister, Terry Bond. So welcome to the podcast, Terry. Hello. Happy to be here. We are very happy to have you here and are excited to find out uh, more about you and your sorority experiences and life experiences. I would like to let everybody know that we are all pledge sisters, and so we know what sorority you're in. Alpha Chi Omega, and it was at San Diego State, and we were all in the pledge class uh, fall 79. <laughs> it was a long time ago we met, too. 40 years. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Incredible. That's really crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, wow. I have a question for Terry. I'd like to know what actually drew you to joining a sorority. Was someone in your family in a sorority, or how did you even decide to go through Rush? You know, I think what appealed to me was that going away to school was kind of a big step in life, and that maybe finding a group of people um, to do it with through a sorority would make it a little easier. It was a friend, a close family friend who was a Chi Omega at Arizona State. She's the one who encouraged me to rush. But it's interesting. I've since found out after college, like so much later in life, that my grandmother was a Delta Gamma. And I know I actually have her certificate that says she was initiated in the Lambda chapter at the University of Minnesota on June 15th, 1921. Wow. A hundred years ago. Oh my gosh. It's funny. We never spoke of it when I was younger. Um, My mother was not in a sorority. My father was briefly in a fraternity at UCLA. And my grandfather was actually in a fraternity. Um, So. Do you know which one he was in? Beta. Beta. Does that sound? I don't know the rest of the letters. I know beta was one of them. Yeah. Because of the rather crass joke that I will not repeat here that he um, connected to his. (laughs) He was at he was at Williams College. I do know that. that. Is there anything in particular or is there more than one thing that stands out about your sorority experience? Oh, wow. Um. Oh, just a lot of fun. It was, it did, I think it did exactly what I mentioned that it kind of made, it created this little hub, this family, this little nucleus that I could be part of while launching college life. Um, I mean, I loved being in the house, living in the house was fun. It was like this nice big home, better than a dorm room, much better than the dorm rooms. And yes, we felt like a happy family living there together. And it was the house had a kind of sense of feeling safe security. Um, It offered structure. 
I ha- I have a lot of great memories of just fun, a lot of laughter, a lot of joy and laughter, watching soap operas together on our lunch yes. break between classes, <laughs> <laughs> just having fun sometimes, you know, doing schoolwork together, staying up late to finish term papers and um, going through that together, all the social stuff, the dances were fun. Um, I, I was thinking about the dances that I think what I liked were the informal dances better than the formal ones. Like that one we had at the San Diego Bay Aquatic Center. I was just thinking of that one. Yeah. It was just more relaxed. And then one, we went on a boat, didn't we? Go on a yacht, historic yacht out on the water. It was like a lot of great adventures. But the friendships, of course, are the most valuable now especially yeah is there any is there anything um I'm kind of just circling back to the whole living in experience I don't know about you but I still have dreams about living in the house I don't know if you guys (laughs) (laughs) is there anything in particular that like really stands out to you about the living in the house experience you know anything in your that when you think back you think oh yeah that's something that really stands out to me Oh, geez. Well, that, you know, the, um, that one space called the pit, which had like this allure, (laughs) all these (laughs) stories, stories attached to it, maybe because it was at the very back of the house, it was down a flight of stairs. And then there was an entrance, which actually talking about security, that was not super secure to have a door right there. (laughs) Yeah, really. <laughs> but it was kind of a coveted spot to live in there. And it seemed legendary when, if you got to live in the pit and then talk about your adventures in the pit. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know you were really cool. Like you got to live in the pit. <laughs> but the dorm rooms were fun, too. And um, like the dorm rooms was a kind of like this big, big family, big group of people. I don't remember any like real issues or concerns that would happen. I mean, I don't even, I, I guess the problems kind of slip away with our <laughs> yeah. <good> time. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you said about how it really felt like a, a safe, secure family, you know, home where we all just hung out. That's so true. I really just have really warm you know, memories of living in. So I totally relate to that. I do too. Yeah, it was neat. I remember, you know, being on the list and a lot of people wanted to live in. And so um, we had to kind of wait our turn after our freshman year. So after that first semester, I think is when I went in sophomore year and uh, Mm -hmm. it was a big Yeah, that's when I went in too. Yeah. I don't know. You learn to, you've got very little space and I don't know if we changed rooms every semester or um, if it was a a full year, but you um, learn to adapt to different things. Yeah. You have to compromise. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Even like decorating a room together or sharing your wall space. Um, 
choices you may not make for yourself, but you realize, okay, my roommate likes that. I think I'll, all right, I'll have to live with that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You learn flexibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, we practiced leadership in our kind of organizing and the officers and just learning, learning those skills, teamwork. Did you, did you hold any offices? I was a vice president or pledge trainer. um, Oh yeah. One year with Karen Giddings. Um, Yeah. So that was kind of a big responsibility for a group of new members yeah showing them the way it was kind of actually a, an opportunity to mentor and um mm-hmm. and then each time we you know when we had our little sisters that that's kind of a men- that was a mentorship relationship too in some cases like show but more about the house i mean ideally you'd become friends and share your lives and guide them as they needed help when they were new to campus and to the sorority. Well, how do you think being in a sorority impacted your life, Terry, overall? Mm, wow. Yeah. The long-term impact. <laughs> now that we have yes. 40 years to reflect on it. Right. I mean, yeah, the unexpected outcome is that a group of us have stayed friends become I think we've become closer as we've gotten older I don't we weren't always super close maybe one or two but you know and then we started doing these weekends away which is a real highlight it was a treat to start participating in those but Mm -hmm. as life gets real you know the the sorrow the loss and any and the joy it's just so much more meaningful to have friends you've known for so long to go through that with. I agree. Like learning how to show up through those friendships and um, inspiring. Here's something I was just reflecting on about that we can, we've encouraged people to do things like pursue dreams, like teaching yoga or mm-hmm. launching, yes. launching a business like you have. And or expanding a business or experiencing new, new adventures. Um, mm-hmm. And who would have thought then? Well, yeah, these friendships would last a lifetime, but I'm so grateful that they have. Right. And we didn't have Facebook to keep in contact with everyone. You know, we no. had, I mean, it's pretty amazing, actually. I think that might have helped us come back together stronger in a way Mm. just because it made it a little easier we didn't have to keep track of phone numbers (laughs) that's true that is true and addresses addresses yeah was there anything that you would change about your experience that's a very good question um you know we were very like-minded and maybe we were too similar and I just wondered if we had a more diverse membership, would we have been better prepared for the world beyond that that sorority house and that college campus? But then again, people, That's a good point. people do 
you know, we're kind of attracted to each other because we share similar experiences. But then another thing that occurred to me was kind of along the lines of that mentorship theme is that learning how to support women in the workplace and practicing self-compassion would have been helpful when we go out into the world to launch careers and businesses and lives. And I think they've changed or are leaning in towards more of those things. Um, A lot of the sororities um, in general with um, kind of uh, mentorship programs and uh, those types of things that you can participate as alumni to help um, the collegiates and advise and that type of thing. And I think that could be a really super strong piece in the future. That's right. I've, I've seen that and uh, we've talked about it. It's um, yeah, it's nice to see it shifting to become practical. Like really, you know, yes, it's fun. You have this sisterhood. It's a whole new concept when you go away to college and there's lots of fun, you know, in the moment, but then like, dedicating some time and effort to building those skills for your life and beyond, uh, especially in work, um, are it's so yeah. important. So I'm really glad to hear that, that that's happening. Well, speaking of work, we know that you are currently the Director of Media Relations at Art Center College of Design. And we're curious about how you think being an Alpha Chi Omega prepared you to fulfill that role. Hmm. Well, uh, to be successful in my field, you need to cultivate relationships with journalists and then also in your organization in order to find great stories to pitch to the media. So it requires a kind of fearlessness to approach people and sell them on your ideas. I mean, it does help to be an extrovert, which I am, but... um, Yes, I think the sorority helped me learn how to lead. Maybe, you know, during rush, you had to be a good conversationalist, especially with someone you've never met before. Right. That that might have helped or kind of been a a start in this um, world where I live now, because. Well, what other opportunity or what other situation is there where you would be put in a room and say, okay, you're going to talk to these six people and get to know them in, you know, five minutes. Right. Yeah. You just, I would have never done that. Right. No, who would? It's kind of, it's scary. It's this rapid fire rapport building you're supposed to do. I mean, we, yeah, we practiced, we had training, but, um, yeah, I remember. And then you, we did it year after year. So I think that might have helped. Right. That might have helped build those skills. Yeah. And those are great just general life skills, too, to be able to start up a conversation with someone you don't know and ask questions and be, you know, genuinely interested in what they have to say. Exactly. Yeah. Curiosity. Having, having <laughs> curiosity about other people. Well, when you're not working full time you have a very cool hobby. You started singing. (laughs) And um, we're curious to know 
you know, how you kind of got started on that path. What was it that said, I'm going to go down this path of singing? Well, I liked singing as a kid. I was in school choirs and then I grew up and um, somewhere I started singing in community choirs. I took a class, like an adult class that was a women's choir, then um, a church choir for a little bit. So, and then my son was involved in music and theater. He'd been performing since he was two years old. When he graduated high school and went away to college, I thought, well, there's a lot of time that will be available now. Um, you know, what will I do with that time that I've dedicated to supporting him? And how, how can I use that to be creative and try something new? So I decided to kind of stretch musically and take voice lessons, work with a coach to sing solo, which I had never really done before. So I thought, all right, now's the time. It just seemed kind of like a natural, um, big kind of life change, you know, for my only child to be leaving home and going to college, like, all right, what am I going to do? It, it gave me a chance to say, well, all right, where am I going? What's my next adventure in life? So that's what opened the door to the whole thing. <laughs> that's good. It was scary. It was definitely yes. scary. I can only imagine. <laughs> It's still still a little scary, but I've learned to kind of manage that a little better and fuel the performance or feel like the adrenaline from that. I admire you so much for doing that because it really does take a lot of courage what you're doing with your open mics on on Mondays and Monday evenings. And it's just really it's really neat what you're doing. You know, they say that singing um, really strengthens your throat chakra. And I'm wondering if you notice anything just from it, like an emotional standpoint, um, after you sing, is there any kind of feelings that get evoked in you or while you're singing, um, or what kind of impact do you think it has just emotionally doing all this singing that you're doing? I think it definitely makes you more vulnerable because through the music, the songs, you know, you most so many songs talk about love or loss or very real deep feelings that we have that we may not express in our normal day to day. You know, I'm not sharing my lost love with anyone at work usually um well I might if they're if I'm friends with them but you kind of have to bring that to the song to make the story to convey the story and make it believable so I've cried I'm right to be authentic I have cried Mm -hmm. during songs and I've learned that's not a problem or a mistake it's just the real you know the I'm connecting with my heart. So um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I hadn't thought about the throat chakra, but it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's really beautiful. And I know, I know we've cried when you've sung Um, just recently, you dedicated your song at a Monday open night to 
us, your pledge sisters, and you saying Carol King's You've Got a Friend and I know Gaia and I both we were really yeah. you know, it's very it was very kind of poignant, you know, it was really sweet. Oh so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is emotional, you know. I'm so glad a lot of people showed up that night. Yeah, these Zoom <laughs> Zoom performances have been like a lifeline, really, to mm. keep us connected to this community of singers and people who love music. But but it's neat. That, I mean, the kind of the gift of this whole situation is that more people can come. Um, yes, but through technology. Yeah. So I wonder if they will continue that in some form going forward. That probably after yeah. we can gather, yeah, probably. Um, I would like to, right? Because I have family living far away, and if they can zoom in to a performance that also has live people, if if we can work that out, yeah, yeah it would it would definitely expand your reach to um to people who can't make it. And it's funny because my first little mini cabaret show in LA was on a Friday night. And I remember people saying, Friday night, how, this is pre-pandemic. Why did you choose Friday of all nights? Because traffic wise, it is the absolute worst. (laughs) And that that was, (laughs) I couldn't, I thought, really? This is big, what? This is my first (laughs) thing. Can't you deal with a little traffic? (laughs) But it's not a little, I mean, yeah, there were people like, well, if it's not on the west side of town, then I'm sorry, I can't come. <laughs> and I had to just, all right, I accept that. But so I'm really, I'm so grateful for the people who did manage to get there, show up in the room. Well, that's what I was thinking about with the Zoom calls. You don't have, I mean, you could literally come home from work and be prepared to sing. You don't, you just have to come home. You don't have to drive anywhere. Right. Maybe that's, um, making for better performances because you're a little more zen, a little more relaxed, and <laughs> yeah, take some of the yeah. stuff out. Right, you're in your living room. You're not in front of a room full of people that you may not know. Now, you know the other thing about singing and getting through, kind of walking through the fear of it, is that you watch. The more you do it, the more I see others fail, and I know it's okay. I'll recover. And then, plus, when you're 59 years old. There's the wisdom that is so liberating because you don't really care what other people think about you. <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah, That's right. I love that. You're enjoying you're do, you're enjoying your passion, right? So if I had started this at 25, I don't know, I might have been. I, I guess I I I couldn't have. I didn't do it then. It didn't even occur to me then. But I also might have been so scared. Um, but the other thing, this is it's a really loving, warm community, this family of singers who support each other um, in this town. And uh, as I watch them grow as musicians, they inspire me to reach out and try new things or new goals. And I love how the host calls you the unsinkable (laughs) Terry J. Bond. (laughs) So cute. Yeah, he, that was, he's fun. He's fun. There's a lot of characters. There's um, just, yeah, it's, it's like this subculture, this circuit yeah. of people who've been doing this. Um, 
yeah, and, and some have been paid professionally to do it. Some have regular gigs, which is exciting. And we show up for each other. And um, yeah, it's a neat, it's like a new chapter, a new creative chapter or opportunity to be artistic and and then share it with you guys. And it's so neat when you guys are there in the room or show up or that time we did it in Palm Desert was a lot of oh, fun too. Yeah, so that was fun. fun. <laughs> At AJ's on the green. Yeah. AJ's. Yes. <laughs> Once we found it, it was great. <laughs> yeah. We kept driving in circles. Google Maps kept putting us in a circle. Getting there, right. Getting there was half the battle. But um, yeah, I mean, that was also so different city, but also just a really supportive, loving audience. And, um, you know, just with you every step of the way. If you make a mistake, you start over and and life goes on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like life. Right. Right. <laughs> So it's been fun. Well, if you could be queen for a day, uh, where would be your dream place to uh, have a singing performance? Oh, gosh. Uh, My dream come true is to sing on stage at the Cicada Club, which is a restaurant dance big band venue at the Oviat art deco historic building in downtown LA. And it's just this exquisite space where you can dance, you can go for dinner or just cocktails and watch the big bands in this big, beautiful room. Uh, It used to be a clothing shop, a men's, a haberdashery, a men's clothing store. And it's just so spectacular so someday i know people who have who sang there so if yeah people people in my on the circuit have been there so um really i'm hoping i'll be there but i'll i mean that's like a special special event kind of thing but what i do imagine myself is singing in a lounge or hotel bar restaurant or cafe on a regular basis, like once a week where I would have the opportunity to sing every oh. Friday night. And um, I can see it. Thanks. Yeah, that's I totally see it, too. That would yeah, be cool. Super fun. Yeah, I like the phrase. It's in my future. I don't know how I don't know how or where or when. But um, yeah, I'll just say that's how I see myself. Okay, so if you had a young woman going to college today, what advice would you give her about sororities and rushing or recruitment? They call it now. Oh gosh. Recruitment. Um, Oh, to definitely do it. Um, if you think you would like it, um, and, or to give it a try, give it a try, meet, meet people and go through it and then make a decision. And that these are, it's true that the friendships may indeed last a lifetime if you're lucky. Um, Yeah. And I would, you know, I would advise 
younger women today to practice self-compassion and um, just understand there, you know, with any dream, there may be some self-doubt, but if we practice kindness and love, we'll be so much better off. Yeah, that's it. Well, um, is there anything else that you, that we haven't covered that you think you might uh, want to share about your sorority experience? Oh gosh, just that um, I'm grateful. I am just very grateful about that. I made that decision and um, yeah, that we all ended up at San Diego state that year and pledged that house of Alpha Chi Omega. And then Mm -hmm. um, that we've maintained ties and it's kind of like we had a bit of a rebirth, I think somewhere in our forties, forties or fifties where we said, Hey, let's come together and let's um, support each other and meet up in person and um, kind of make it continue the sisterhood. But yeah, I think it. I think what you had said earlier about us getting closer now that we've had even more time or that we've gotten older, most of us have kids that are out of the house or almost out of the house. And um, so we have time to uh, develop those friendships and be there to support each other, which uh, I think is cool. Uh, proximity too is key we're all within driving distance some further than others and thank goodness for zoom oh yeah right right zoom is keeping us together yeah it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing we've created and i'm really i'm proud of us we've like come all this way and and it does it takes effort you know those friends some are like they don't reach out, but you might be the one who's always reaching out. And after a while, it's kind of like, okay, I'm tired of being the one to reach out. But we, I feel like we all, you know, we're, we're organized. We have technology too, you know, email and group texting and some social media. It makes it a little easier to have the tools to stay in touch. Well, thank you so much, Terry, for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Um, oh, you're welcome. Thank you for asking yes. me. It was fun. Thank you, Terry. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. The following was previously recorded on March 29th, 2021. It's from Trip Kennedy's Show Off Show, where Terry Bond performed and dedicated her singing performance to her sorority sisters from Alpha Chi Omega. Have a listen. Well, when you said sisters, I immediately thought of my sorority sisters who have been in my life for longer, more than 40 years. And we are the lucky ones that are still in touch after all these years. And we get together usually, um, to go out of town to uh, celebrate milestone birthdays and any birthday. And um, so I am dedicating this to my sorority sisters. Maybe they're tuning in. I think a few are. We are here. 
Yay! There they, Yay! there they are. Yes, we are. I Well, I do know that Terry does have a fan club. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to your Zoom screens. Uh, welcome Terry J. Bot. When you're down and troubled Thanks so much for listening to Greek Speak. Tune in next time when we'll have another fascinating conversation with someone from the Greek community. Until then, stay happy and visit our website, greekhappy.com, where a percentage of every purchase goes towards funding happiness research at the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley. Thanks so much.